0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We are really, really, really glad that you're here today. Hope you've had a great week. I'll tell you, you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the young businessman that, uh, that started a brand new firm? He rented some offices and he had all the nice furnishings across the office and uh, he was just waiting for his first client to come in and he saw somebody out in the lobby headed that way and so he, he quickly picked up his phone. And he picked up his phone and he started talking all these big numbers and uh, big contracts and and so forth. And then he hung up and he looked at the guy and says, how can I help you? He said, well, I'm here to activate your phone system. <laughs> Always tell the truth, right? Always tell the truth. It may come back on you. Uh, today we're continuing our series called Knock Knock. And this uh, series is about opportunities. It's about doors. Who are knocking on the doors. And... You know, it's also a great opportunity to have some knock-knock jokes. You know, knock-knock jokes are so corny and all that, but, um, but you love them and you send them to me. And so I am just the, the reader, you're the one, the creator, so let's get started. This is, uh, this is participatory, okay? I will say knock-knock and you'll say... All right, knock-knock. I sing... I sing loud that neighbors can hear. Knock, knock. Hatch. Oh, God bless you. oh, uh-huh. Knock, knock. Isaac. Isaac's sick of these knock, knock jokes. You know, some of you are sick of that, so you have sent in other things to lol at stephenscreekchurch.com. Like this one, why did the golfer take two pair of pants to play golf? Just in case he had a hole in one. Uh, you know, when is a door, not a door? When it's a jar, OK? Uh, and what do you call a thieving alligator? A crocodile. Uh, so this past uh, Friday night, uh, Patty and I put the boat in at Riverview Park in North Augusta, and we're going down the river, and we're right below uh, the, the bridge and Patty said, look, there's an alligator, and there's this big alligator right next door, and so, and that's the reason I don't swim in the Savannah River. That has nothing to do with opportunities. Maybe that's my opportunity not to swim, and so, well, this series that we're in is all about doors. We open them. We close them. We go through them. We come out of them. I believe that uh, that God uses, uses doors to show us and to create His will in our lives. And when I look at you, I believe that there are God opportunities that are knocking on your door. And that's the very reason we're doing this series. When I look across this audience and I, um, I see that there are people here, you're here, and I honestly believe that God is preparing you for what He's already prepared for you. I honestly believe that God is crafting and God is orchestrating His will in your life. And His will means that there are opportunities that are knocking. I love the words of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, And see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I believe that God is the God of open doors. I think about the words of Isaiah. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 6, when he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go up for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. The question this morning is this, are you willing to go? Are you willing to take that step? Are you willing to embrace that opportunity that God brings your way? The year was 1976, and a young group of guys started a computer company that would eventually change the world. You've probably heard of two of the members of this computer company, the, the two Steves, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. They started the Apple Corporation in 1976. That's Steve Jobs. This is Steve Wozniak. But who's this guy right here? Do you know who this guy is? This guy is Ronald Wayne. Now, why don't you know his name? The reason you don't know his name is that two weeks after they started the company, and this guy created the first logo, he wrote the first manual, he was heavily involved in the launch of this company. But two weeks after they launched the Apple Corporation, um, he sold his 10% stock for $800. Now, a couple of weeks after that, a couple of weeks after that, they came back to him and had him sign a document to relinquish all rights to the company for fifteen hundred dollars, and he took that. So today, uh, the market cap of Apple, uh, Apple is like I think like seven to eight hundred billion dollars. So do the math: ten percent of that would go to him, that's what, like $70 billion, something like that. And so he missed an opportunity. As a result of that, he ended up at one point living in a mobile home outside of Las Vegas. A missed opportunity. And the reason he did that, he wanted to play it safe. The real reason is two weeks after they launched the company... Steve Jobs recognized that they needed money and they needed to take out a loan. And they went to him and said, hey, we need you to sign on the dotted line for this loan. And he said, whoa, I can't do that. I've already been burned one time. And so he allowed fear to come in and to keep him from embracing the opportunities that he was given. So many times that same thing happens to us. In fact, I feel like there's three reasons that, that we miss opportunities. First of all, uh, sometimes we miss an opportunity because we're just resistant to change. You know, we're resistant. We, we like things how they are. Everything is comfortable, everything is nice. And when an opportunity to change comes in, we say, well, you know, we're fine, we're good. We're, we're, We don't want to really do that. And as a result of that, when you push away from opportunity time after time again, you will find yourself in a place where you may be stuck. And you get stuck in this one place. And maybe that's you. That you have been stuck in this place. And now you're finding it very difficult to change. It's my prayer that during this series... That just maybe your eyes will be opened to some opportunities around them. That you'll start to see them. And you'll start to sense what's going on. And maybe you'll seize that opportunity. I said there's three reasons why we miss opportunities. Here's the second one. We miss opportunities because so often we're too busy doing things that do not matter. We're too busy doing things that do not matter. So many times opportunities come our way, but for whatever reason, we're just too busy. And we say, oh yeah, it's matter, I just don't have time, and we start to make excuses. Excuses of why we're not moving forward, excuses of why this is not happening. It reminds me of the story of the great banquet that Jesus told in Luke chapter 9, and Jesus call these folks to go on this adventure, this is an opportunity to be a part of something that is so much bigger, an opportunity to be a part of something that is going to change the world. And the first guy said, wait a minute, I can't do that right now. I may be later, but I've got to go home and bury my father. On the surface, that sounds okay, that sounds good. But the truth of the matter, his father had not died yet. And so that was just pushing the opportunity away. Another one said, hey, let me go say goodbye to my family. And he, again, he's putting an important adventure on the back burner. Excuses. And so many times we use busyness. Oh, I'm just too busy as an excuse. Here's a third reason. Sometimes we're just unwilling to take a risk. You know, Uh, We're unwilling to take that risk. Ronald Wayne was unwilling to take a risk, to take out that loan, because he was afraid. Fear caused him to lose that opportunity. What are you afraid of? Think about that. What is keeping you back from being really the person that you've been created to be, the person that you have been formed and called to be? fear. What are you afraid of? You know, today, God may be prompting you to take a step, and that, te- that step could be risky. You know how to spell risk? It's F-A-I-T-H. It's faith. Faith is stepping out, and you don't know what's going to happen as you step out, but you trust that God is going to be with you, and God is going to go with you. I believe that God has a door of opportunity for you. In fact, I believe that God's door of opportunity will open for you by doing these four things. And the first one is about managing your time. You've got to become good time managers. Here's the point. I must say no to good opportunities so that I can say yes to great ones. I must say no to good opportunities so that I can say yes to great ones. You don't have time to do everything. God doesn't expect you to do everything. Because everything, in the first place, everything is not worth doing. Practically speaking, you cannot keep adding things to your calendar unless at first you start taking things off the calendar. So here's the question, and I've asked you this question one other time this year, and it begs me to come back to today and ask it again. What are you going to stop doing this week? What are you going to stop doing? That is a real question. That is a question that uh, is so important that I had to bring it back and ask it again. And it's probably a question that you and I need to ask ourselves uh, on a regular basis. What are we going to stop doing? Because you cannot continue to... uh, add things to your life you cannot continue to put things in your boat because your boat's going to sink you cannot continue to add irons to the fire because those it's going to put the fire out you cannot continue to burn the candle at both ends because when you do that you're not as bright as you think you are and so if you're going to take advantage of opportunities that god brings your way first of all you got to stop doing some things You've got to create room. You've got to create margin. You've got to create space. We're in 21 days of prayer here at Stevens Creek. And one of the prayers that we're praying on a regular basis is this. God, get the junk out of our lives. And the reason that we pray that prayer is that we want to make room for God to move in our lives. We want to get the junk out so that we can make room for God's Spirit to flow through us. And so that's why, again, as we start week number three, I challenge you to get involved. Carve out some time this week to make prayer a a priority. The church uh, will be open at 6 a.m. in the morning. And a music will be playing. You can come and go. Uh, As your schedule allows, at 7 o'clock we'll meet for a service, there'll be a devotion, there'll be a song, there'll be time for individual prayer, and then we'll close with a corporate prayer. And it's at that time we pray for the hundreds and hundreds of requests that have been placed uh, on those cards that you dropped in that offering uh, bucket or maybe you uh, put them on stage a couple of weeks ago. We've been praying over hundreds of these calling your name, calling your need out before the Lord. We have made space in our week for God to speak to us. And so I want you to do the same. I must say no to good opportunities so that I can say yes to, uh, to great ones. Here's the second one. I must evaluate every opportunity to see if it is the right fit. Every opportunity, whether it's an opportunity for your time or your money or your energy or your influence or your, even your words, every opportunity must be evaluated. You know, Moses led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. One of the major stories of the Old Testament. There's great miracles, ten plagues. Then we see they they left and he parted the Red Sea and then we saw the miracles of manna and the miracles of water, all that through that. But do you know they eventually got to the edge of the wilderness and they were looking across the river into the promised land. Here's what you may not realize. That land was already theirs. God had already given this land hundreds of years prior to this. They were just to go back and move back to the land that God had already given them. It was their land. But do you know at that moment, as they're looking over the river, as they're looking at the promised land, that God prompted Moses to send 12 spies over into the land to spy out the land. Now why did he need to do that? It was already their land. He sent them over there so that they could evaluate the opportunity. I believe that every one of us. When we have these opportunities that come our way. We need to slow down long enough to evaluate them. To think through. the op- To prepare for it. In fact, I believe uh, there are at least five questions that would be beneficial to ask yourself. As you're looking at the opportunities that are coming your way. For instance, what do I need to know about this opportunity and who knows it? What do I need to know and who knows it? When we started this church some 32 years ago, I didn't have a clue about starting a church. So what did I need to know? I needed to know how do you do that. So I started listening to people that, have, uh, that were doing what I wanted to do. And so there's information all around. You just need to ask somebody for help. Just say, hey, I have this idea. Can you help me think through it? And so ask yourself, what do I need to know and who knows it? Then the second question is this. You know, what might be some unintended uh, consequences? If I take this opportunity, what are those unintended consequences? You know, those things that when things don't go right. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3 says, A prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and he prepares for them a prudent man, a wise man, he starts to look out there and sees, okay, if everything goes right, we know what that looks like, but what if it doesn't go right? What does that look like? He starts to forecast the future. And so you start to think about that. When I go into a situation, I'm an optimist. I go into a situation and I expect the best. I really do. I expect the best. But I also need to be wise enough to expect the best but to prepare for the worst. What's the worst thing that could happen here? And how would I handle it if that happened? So just start thinking about that. I want you to have faith. I want you to expect the best. But I want you to do your homework and I want you to be prepared for the worst. Third question is, what is my motivation? I mean, you have this opportunity... And you're evaluating this opportunity. What's really driving the train here? What's really driving the train? What's your motivation? Is it ego? Is it pride? Is it this uh, stubbornness that you may have? Because I have it. That I'm just determined to do this. And sometimes my stubbornness gets gets in my way. What is that thing that's motivating? Are you just trying to prove to somebody that you can do it? So you look at your motivation... And then ask the question, you know, does this opportunity really fit with my purpose? Does it fit with who I've been created to be? You know, so many times we look and maybe how God moves in in another person's life, and and we're really uh, touched by that, and and we want to do that, and then we start to try to be that person. That's not the answer. God has created you as unique. He wants you to be you. Be the person that God made you to be. Then, the final question as you're trying to evaluate this is: you know, is this the best use of my time and my energy? You know, you only have so many hours in a day and so many days in a week, and you only have one life to live. Is this really the best way to invest that time and energy? Every opportunity. To use your time, your money, your energy, your influence, your words. Every opportunity must be evaluated. Okay, here's the third one. I must be flexible because opportunities come when I least expect them. They don't send an advanced warning. They don't send uh, somebody to tell you. They just show up. An opportunity just shows up. And as a result, you've got to be ready for those opportunities. Sometimes God will put an opportunity that literally is right in front of you, and you have to decide what are you going to do with this opportunity. That happened to me several years ago in 2003. We were in a capital campaign at the church, and I was in this fundraising mindset where we need to expand the church so that we can expand the ministry. We need money to do ministry. And so I started looking not only at the church, but I started looking at my own life. And I realized culture was changing because back then people were still using checks and cash. But culture was changing. And I started wondering, okay, I'm using a debit card now. I wonder if there are people at my church that would do the same thing, would use a debit card. Okay? And then what would happen if God prompted them to give while they were at church? How would they give? And so that thought just permeated my mind. I would come and I would think about that, and I would think about that. And so I started doing homework, you know, just calling around, asking, you know, do you have a bank card donation system? Do you have? And uh, I did this month after month for nine months, and it's like every time I would talk to somebody, I would get this similar response. No, that's a great idea, but we don't do it. That's a great idea, but we don't do it. That's a great idea, but we don't do it. And I'm thinking, like, surely somebody has created an um a technology for this and then june 6 2004 at five forty five in the morning the lord woke me up and said i've called you to do this i said god i don't know anything about banking he said you walk through the doors that i will open for you and just within uh weeks i was at a a, a banking conference in atlanta trying to understand what it, banking and merchant processing and all of that kind of stuff and and you know the story i put together a, a team of developers had to go convince my wife first. She was my only investor, which meant you're going to second mortgage your house to launch this dream. And so she said, okay. And then in March 2005, we launched the nation's first giving kiosk uh, here at Stevens Creek Church that allowed people to donate with their bank card. You know, so many times people look now, since we're in 2,000 locations across America, uh, they oh, that was a great idea. But the, the bottom line is, um, it was an opportunity. If I had not stepped through the door, God would have raised up somebody else. The technology was coming, whether we wanted to embrace it or not. And, uh, but so you had to say, okay, I am in, and I'm going to follow you, God. Or God would say, I'm going to raise up the next person. And so there are times in your life where you have to be flexible enough with these opportunities that, okay, this is not exactly on my five year plan. This is not what I dreamed about when I came out of college. But this is a need, this is a dream. Are you in? Or do I need to raise up somebody else? Because you just may have that next idea, but unless you embrace it, And go all in with it as God leads you to do that. Um, God will raise up somebody else to do that. And so you need to be flexible. So many times we get so rigid. We get so rigid. We have written this down. This is what we're going to do. And we're so rigid, we can't even think outside of our box. If you're always thinking in that uh, that way, you're going to develop tunnel vision and you will not be able to see how times are changing. In the same way when we started the church here. We knew when we started the church, culture was changing. How is the church going to change? I mean, when we started the church... You know, our greatest day in the early days is the day that we were able to buy choir robes for the choir. Seriously. That was one of the highlights of my ministry up until that point. Because when uh, I came to church and we'd started this with a group of people. And I was able to walk in that auditorium with the pews and everything else. And able to see a a choir with choir robes. Not just a y'all come choir. Y'all come up here and sing. But they actually had choir robes. It was in my mind, we're finally a church. We're finally made it. And so I was a, now a real pastor. Okay, so that was my mindset. But then God started to stir and said, No, you've got to think differently. You can't think like you've always thought. You've got to think with people in mind. Culture's changing. Listen to the, uh, the music on WBBQ, listen to the music on Kix99. That's not the music, that style of music is not being done in the church. Back then it's not, it wasn't. And we started shifting the way people viewed church and experienced God. And Stevens Creek became one of the first churches in the community to do what we're doing this way. What am I saying? We had an opportunity. God brought an opportunity. What are you going to do with your opportunity? Are you going to embrace it? Are you going to say, well, I'm just not so sure about that. And you're going to let somebody else go with it. You've got to be flexible. And I am thankful now. I am thankful. Because if I'd have been a pastor of uh, other churches, they'd have run me out of town for sure. Um, years ago, years ago, Patty's home church, uh, her, her parents' church, to go to North Cleveland Church of God, I had this weird dream. This is like 10 years ago, that I was going to be the pastor of North Cleveland. And I, I, I woke up and I said, uh, Patty, I had a dream uh, that I'm going to be the pastor of North Cleveland Church of God. And she said, Marty, they don't want you there. They don't want you there. And, and sometimes she can just cut through the chase. Just kind of speak truth in the moment. She also one time told me, she said, you know, you think everybody loves you, but they don't. And, and so she's told me that too. And so uh, it's kind of cut through the chase. So what am I saying? I'm saying I'm thankful that you love me. It's kind of a weird roundabout way of saying that. But thank you. And here's the point. Stevens Creek is a flexible congregation. You're flexible. You're okay with change. Uh, I was laughing because several years ago, we went through a season where we changed service times five different times in the span of 18 months. I'm telling you, I've, I've known some pastors that they have committees and subcommittees, they have congregational meetings, all if they want to shift the service a few times. I I'm thought, I'm we didn't even ask. We just changed them. And, you know, uh, and the truth of the matter is you, you do have a vote. You voted um, with your feet because one of the time changes, we just moved it 15 minutes. We're just trying to get in and out of the parking lot just a little bit, just 15 minutes. And we were running about 600 in that service, moved it 15 minutes later, and it dropped in half to 300 and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, where did everybody go? This is a true story. And so uh, Todd was saying to me, oh, Marty, you got to hang on. you got to hang on. you got to press through this. You can get through the six weeks into this. And half the congregation, I said, we are changing again. And uh, we moved it uh, uh, back uh, to another time. And boom, next week, 700 people. So, yes, you have a voice. You, have a, you vote with your feet. <laughs> What's the point of all that? The point is flexibility. We've got to somehow, if you're going to have opportunities, you've got to develop those. uh, You've got to be willing to embrace those opportunities. But for those to come, you've got to be flexible. You cannot be so rigid. Opportunities are like problems. They're going to pass through your life. They don't come to stay, but they come to pass. Problems, uh, no problem comes to stay. No opportunity comes to stay problems and opportunities are very similar they will come to pass and so when you see that that opportunity you need to seize today here's the fourth and final one i must prepare to face opposition with every opportunity i must prepare to face opposition with every opportunity every opportunity is going to have opposition you're going to hear people say Who do you think you are? Why are you doing this? You can't do this. I'll tell you, when we introduced the concept of using a bank card for stewardship and donations, I'm telling you, it went across uh, the nation uh, on a lot of different media outlets. And I got all kinds of responses saying that basically, Marty, you're the Antichrist, you are the devil. Because you're bringing the devil's tools into the church. I I heard it on and on and on. Um, And so times have changed. But you're going to face opposition. And so, so many times we hear those negative voices of opposition and we believe them. Who do you think you are? You're not smart enough for this. You're not strong enough for this. Uh, You've failed before. You're gonna, you know we hear those negative. That is the the words of the devil speaking negative thoughts into you. He speaks thoughts into you to try to tear you down. God speaks thoughts into you to try to build you up. I want you to listen to the voice of the Lord. I want you to listen to the voice of truth. I want you to let the size of your God determine the size of your goals. And the moment you surrender to the Lord, say God I am giving you and say come and move upon me and and God's favor is going to be on you. But when God's favor is on you, understand this, you will be attacked. The enemy will come and he will come at you and try to stop the cause of Christ, stop, stop what God is doing in your life. That's what happened to the Apostle Paul. Like last week we talked about him. He, started, he wrote 13 books of the New Testament. He started churches all over the Middle East. Listen to what he wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, because a great door of effective work has opened to me, there are many people who oppose me. There are many people who oppose me. Some of you are saying, man, that sounds like my office. Because when you go to work, you feel like that there's people at work that's working against you. Or maybe that sounds like your school classroom. There are people at school that are working against you. There are many people who oppose you. Or that sounds like your neighborhood. That sounds like your family. It seems like they're just trying to stop me that's what you feel like you're in good company because that's what the apostle Paul felt like they criticized him they worked against him that's how the enemy comes he comes to speak negative things to get you to stop and discourage you look I'm sharing this message because I honestly believe that God has opportunities right in front of you. There are God opportunities and they're knocking at your door. And I want you to have faith enough to open the door. And understand when you open the door and you walk through that, you are not walking through it alone. But the presence and the power of God is going with you. I want you to understand that His power is greater than any other power. That greater is He that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen. That God's power is greater. I want you to understand the words of Isaiah that no weapon formed against you will prosper and all those that rise up against you will fall. I want you to be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and you are not beneath. I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. Yes, you will have opposition. Yes, the enemy will come against you. But God is greater. God is greater. And so when these opportunities come your way, I want you to step forward in faith. I want you to know that God has opened a door that no one can shut. We started off with Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. And it said, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. God has an open door for you. I want you to have faith. I want you to walk through the door. Let's pause for a time of prayer. And as we pray today, I know that when I look across an audience like this, that there could be people here that have never made a decision to follow Christ. This could be your first time of ever being challenged to take that step. I want to say to you, today is your day. You are not here by accident. But I honestly believe that God has ordered your footsteps. He's ordered your footsteps to be here. And it may be that it's, he's ordered your footsteps to be here at this particular time, at this moment. In other words, the last three minutes of this uh, message may be just for you. That this is going to be the place where you surrender your life to Jesus. And I need uh, help. Will you save me? Will you forgive me? I want to lead you in that prayer. And if you've never made that decision to follow Christ, today is your day to do that. Are you ready to pray? I'm going to lead you through this, and I'm going to help you through this. But I want you to pray this, not just repeating words, but let it come from your heart. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, I just thank you today because there are people watching online and people in this room today that have never made a decision to follow Christ. And so today is their day. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, save me. Say that. Say, Jesus, save me pray this. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray this. Say, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. I give you my life. Say this, I give you my past and I'm going to trust you with my future. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. Now, Lord, as they pray that prayer, I ask that you would do the miracle that you can do the miracle of salvation. But I also pray, in addition to those people, I, um, I pray for those individuals that have come into this room and for whatever reason, maybe they're covered in fear. Maybe they're covered in doubt. Maybe they have these negative voices that are speaking constantly to them. I pray in the name of Jesus that those voices would be silenced. I pray in the name of Jesus that the voice of truth would be present and strong and we'd be clear Jesus I ask that you would release your spirit in a way that these people would understand that all of us would understand that you're in charge and that we don't have to fear and we don't have to worry but you are walking with us every step of the way So we surrender this problem to you. We surrender this opportunity to you. We we surrender this to you, and we ask that you would lead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.